Alright, let's do this. Three, two, Hi! Welcome to the first episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a show where four dudes talk about games. I am Austin. And I'm Garrett. And I'm John. And I'm Chris. And today we are talking about Deep Rock Galactic, a game that we've all been playing a lot of. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it by now because it's been out for almost two years at this point. And it's a great four-player co-op game. You are dwarves, space dwarves mining resources on a planet and there's a bunch of different classes that we're going to get into talking about um there's a little bit of a story element and some progression kind of things that we're going to talk about yeah it's the the mining thing is interesting because it's not really like minecraft it's not really like any crafting game there's just mining you're not like gathering resources in order to build stuff yeah other than like the few you know upgrades it took me so long to realize that there was an upgrade system that I just had infinity of every resource at the time. And boy, was I really struggling enjoying the game until I figured that out. <laughs> You've been just hoarding all your materials, not knowing that you could make your characters better. Did not know that I could do more damage or have more health or drill faster. Like, yeah, just no idea. I mean, that goes into the steep learning curve of starting the game because I, I feel like you want to try out every class. But for me, I just chose a class and stuck with it. And when you do that, yeah, you can consistently buy all your upgrades. If you're choosing every class and buying uh, your upgrades for every class, you can't afford getting everything. Speaking of classes, should, yeah. we, should we get into each of the classes that we sort of specialize in? So one of the characters is the engineer. Um, I play a lot of the engineer. He's got a shotgun and a grenade launcher as his weapons. They're both pretty underwhelming and that's because his third thing that he gets is he gets two century or one century turret at the beginning of the game that he gets to set up and it shoots people for him so he gets a lot of extra damage from the sentry gun and then in addition to that he has a platform gun so he can just point at a wall and shoot and it will create a flat platform that you can jump on and walk on and you can build a sort of staircase out of these or build a bridge out of them in order to traverse gaps i guess we should probably say part of this game in addition to killing shit and accomplishing whatever goal is just navigating a giant cavernous hole in the earth um, and tunnels that run through it so like every character has abilities to help them do that he's a very interesting character he's sort of best used with the scout and uh, I know Garrett actually wants to talk about the Scout, so I'll turn it over there. So I mainly only played the Scout in this game. I mean, I've played every class a little bit, but the Scout I know most about. Scout is basically, if you've ever played Just Cause or the newest Halo, like you get the grapple and you can grapple to wherever you need, which in this game is the most amazing thing. Because you can get to whatever, someone can say, mine that thing up there. You are the only person that can get up there. You can instantly get up there. Also, in the end of the game, you have to get back to the ship. You can instantly grapple to the ship, and everyone is just left in the dust. And it's amazing. Mobility, it's great. 
his starting weapons are not the greatest. Like he has a machine gun and he has a shotgun and they don't really do that much damage. But on later levels, he gets uh, like a sniper that does a one-shot hit. And it is probably my favorite gun in the game. Dude, that gun is so fucking good. It's amazing. It's it's like the M1000 or something. It's so, so fun to use. There was a time where three of us were playing scouts and we were playing and we were unbeatable. Like uh, we, two people will die and then you can just run around, just keep grappling everywhere until the enemies chase you oh, and they dude. grapple. Yeah, are you talking about the one time where both yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just zipping everywhere? There must have been 300 enemies on the fucking map, 50 yeah. of them around each of our dead bodies, and a bunch just in a swarm chasing him, and just zip it, zip lining here to there to there to there to there, just going in a big circle, just kiting them around and killing them. Like, oh my god. So funny. I would argue there's essential characters to every map. Like every every map has different game modes and they're kind of important. But the most essential character to the game, I think, is the scout. If you're starting out the game, I recommend the scout. You get the you get the big lights too with the scout, right? Yeah, and you're you're lighting up the whole area. You're just the most useful teammate. But like there's reasons to use the others. Uh John, how about the gunner? Uh yeah. Kind of like the best things about the scout and the engineer together is your guys's combo with you guys zip line it's like you were saying grappling to a platform that was put down by the engineer i mean there it, it's an unbeatable combo i will admit but i mean come on how do you ever not say you don't need a gunner get out of here how do you not say you don't need a powered minigun come on like let's start out here with a minigun okay he kills everyone in half a second okay yeah i might go through all my ammo extremely quickly but you know hey that's okay. The gunner starts main gun is a powered minigun. Kind of your go-to start gun with a uh, revolver as a secondary. Pretty, pretty strong. Uh, and then his like equipment he gets is the zip line. Kind of like the grapple, but not as much. Not as fun. But it is fun to just like rain bullets down from a zip line as you're floating above all of the enemies. Early game, a gunner is so much more important than a scout because a scout can't do shit damage. He can't do anything. He's pretty he can weak. revive people. He's pretty weak. He feels really great late game. Early game, it, no. You, you need damage. I will say sometimes gunner zip line above an area where there's just thousands of enemies showing up yeah. and all of us just jumping on the zip line and like firing down into a horde of enemies. It's very satisfying. It is. Uh, and then, I mean, he has a couple other guns you get. It's an auto cannon, so it's more of like a handheld howitzer. It's just like shooting 40 millimeter grenades like gah, 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 gah. it's OK. I like the I like the minigun better. Um, and then he gets the uh, we all have, th- you know, every character has throwables. The gunner gets a sticky grenade and incendiary and a cluster. Oh, is that is that why I'm always on fire when you're the gunner? I don't know what you're talking about. I can't. I can neither confirm nor <laughs> no, deny those allegations. Uh, we should say there is friendly fire in this game, although it's like really muted. So it's like you could do damage to your allies, but it's like a tenth as much as you do to like the regular enemies. And like there's a cryo gun and cryo grenades and incendiary grenades, and we often end up lighting each other on fire or freezing each other just for fun. Yeah, and when you get frozen, you actually freeze. And you have to click until to get unfrozen. <laughs> I might have almost thrown the entire mission because I froze all of you guys. <laughs> and speaking of lighting people on fire. <laughs> oh, 
boy, do I love flamethrowers. I mostly play the class called the Driller. In fact, it was the only character I played for about the first two months that I owned the game because I got it later than everyone else and it was the class that nobody really wanted to play. And now I honestly have the most fun playing him. Primary weapon is obviously a flamethrower, which again, just lights all of your friends on fire. It's great. That's not its intended purpose, Chris. You know that, right? It's supposed to light the enemies on fire. I just you want to be clear. It so that the flames are sticky and last longer, so your friends stay on fire later. And what I found out is that the direct damage from the flamethrower fires is muted for friendly fire, but once you're on fire, you just take normal fire damage. It doesn't matter what the source is. So the driller does more friendly fire damage than any other class in the game. <laughs> Um, Driller's secondary weapon is just some kind of little BS semi-automatic pistol, whatever. But the Driller's traversal tool is what makes him useful to the team. Obviously, he's called the Driller. It is power drills. He is a two-armed attachment power drill. And you just... So all of the other... We didn't. We haven't really talked about this, but all of the other classes in the game get through rock, like build, break paths through rocks using a pickaxe. And it's pretty slow. It depends on the type of terrain you're going through, like how many hits it takes to break that polygon. But it's pretty slow, and it only makes like a really small... So like if the characters are like two by two block, um, it does one of those blocks at a time. The drillers, power drills, do all four blocks at a time a whole hell of a lot faster. Literally, my favorite thing to do in the game is at the very end of each mission when we're done is everybody else is trying to, you know, climb and traverse and go back through tunnels back to the drop pod to get on the thing. And I just go right through the wall straight to it in a straight line. <laughs> Doesn't matter that how steep it is, the angle, you can go very nearly straight up, not quite 90 degrees, but you can go pretty damn close to, to 90 degrees straight up or straight down or anywhere in between, it is just an absolute blast. A thing we've sort of touched on, but haven't really said explicitly, is you don't have to have, like, one engineer, one scout, one gunner, one driller, and you can have right. multiples of any of them and none of any of them. Early game, it is essential to have every class because those classes can't play multiple roles. Like, scout is not a DPS class early game. They can't do any damage, uh, which goes into what I want to talk about later, about how this game plays early game, mid game, and late game. It's a completely different game. Let's talk about it now. We're done with the character stuff. Let's get it. So, yeah, starting the game level one, it is a steep learning curve for people. And that is the only drawback that I have for the game. I, I would say there is a level one to ten progression where you're learning the game and i feel like it's very rough on new people which is kind of a problem because i've i've played with a lot of new people just recently when it became free on playstation plus i played with new people and i feel like some people are kind of into it some people played some classes that are kind of weak and they feel like it's kind of a rough game not too fun i don't think the fun factor really comes in till level 10. I remember when I first started playing with you guys, you guys were way ahead of me and I yeah. was not loving it. I was not loving it for a while. 
but you have to find a character you like. I mean, that's the biggest thing is I, I, yeah. I say play five levels, like try to five, five experience levels of every character and then really feel who you're comfortable with. And the nice part is mm-hmm. that if you do public matchmaking, it, it's great. They actually pick you a teammate of a different class. So that was nice. But yeah, I get you, Gary. It's 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 rough for people. I agree that I think this game has a pretty steep learning curve. I think it's kind of a rough start. Your characters feel really weak at the beginning and you don't really like, you know what the mission goal says. It says it up at the top of the screen, but just how to navigate and what you should be sort of doing moment to moment in the game is not really well explained at the beginning. I mean, there's a little tutorial and it like shows you how to throw a flare to light up the darkness and it shows you how to mine a piece of gold and it shows you how to like shoot an enemy but then it just sort of throws you in a big cavern and is like, go get 200 more kite. And you're like, okay, I don't, I guess I'll just walk down this tunnel and see what happens. It is, uh, I think a hard learning curve. I will say they have a discord and their discord community is extremely active. Um, They're extremely helpful. If you're a new player and you wanted to play this game, if you pop on there and say, Hey, I'm new. Can somebody, you know, take me through first couple missions? People will absolutely jump on there, get in a pod with you and take you through some missions and explain stuff to you. They're all about it. Yeah, the game's a little grindy, but it is so entertaining. You can just tell that the people making this just had so much fun because there's all kinds of silly shit in the game, right? So there's a whole bar section where you can buy a bunch of different beers some of them have different effects on your mission like one of the things you can upgrade getting resources from the game upgrading you upgrade your beer license so you can get new beers and they do different things like they help you mine faster do more damage or take less damage or whatever like integrating stuff like that into the game is crazy to me there's a jukebox and your characters you go on the dance floor and if you put music on the jukebox your characters will start dancing and there are like 33 different songs that play out of this jukebox and probably an equal number of unique dances there's you know the Fortnite floss and the just some disco stuff and all kinds of funky dances the robot the running man gangnam style yeah (laughs) you know just like just all kinds of stuff, and you can do those with beers in your hand, which actually is really funny because when your characters are doing like twisting motions, and then you start drinking a beer, your bottom half will keep rotating, yes. and your top half is completely still while you're drinking the beer. <laughs> um, there's, you know, the barrel kicking game where you try to kick barrels into a hoop that moves back and forth. A fiery hoop. Yeah, a fiery hoop. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and you get more points, and you could turn the gravity off in the base, and... Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. You're in the little base hanging out, everybody's having beers, having drinks, somebody climbs up the ladder and pulls the lever that turns the gravity in the space station off, and everyone floats up. This game, it's got so much silly, fun stuff that's just entertaining as hell. There's just lots of little fun secrets to discover, all what all the different beers do, and... Uh, all the different dances and all that silly shit. Also, I'd like to point out that my favorite dance, I don't know what this dance is called, but it's just the point and hump. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that dance is called, but that's my favorite one that they do. Just one hand pointing and then just hump. 100%. <laughs> yep, 100% the best dance. 
They also do a bunch of silly shit for their holiday themes. They added piles that you could pick snowballs out of and throw at your teammates. Have a snowball fight in the in the waiting room. We definitely spent 25 minutes having a snowball fight without actually playing yep. the game. You know, like, stuff like that is what makes this game such a gem. Yeah. Right. You know, when you're Overwatch or whatever, you can put in a bunch of holiday costumes and you might create, like, a special type of match that people get to play. But this game, again, the designers are just having fucking fun. Like, you yeah. can tell that they just want to make sure everyone is having the most fun possible. Uh, there was some Halloween stuff, too, but I don't remember exactly what that was. Like for Halloween, they added pumpkins with like jack-o'-lantern style pumpkins and candles. And if you shot one, either you were getting the little mini little glyphid guys or you're getting uh, materials or a loop bug. Um, but yeah, I'll uh, bring ourselves back here. We went to our we went to fun silly back to start talking about with progression and stuff. So obviously one through ten gets you into the game. So but once you hit level twenty five, if you get like a special assignment they give you, then once you complete that, you're getting you're given backstory talks they talk about your dwarf and then when you turn around or when you reback in the game and you go back up there your dwarf's gold so it's cool yeah once you prestige prestiging now you have a thing called deep dives where it's literally a combination of two different missions three times in a row we just did one the other day all four of us and it, it's fun it's difficult but it's rewarding. It like you, it, Chris even said, like, "Holy shit, how many levels am I getting?" <laughs> oh, dude, you get so much experience at the end of it. It's ridiculous. I went from level one to level nine. Yeah, it took me a, a while to grind up a character and prestige them. When I got to the end of that process and doing those ten missions and everything, I was kind of a little burnt out on the game. And then as soon as I prestiged, oh, you have these new things available and new ways to upgrade your character, new ways to upgrade your weapons. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. We did the deep dive. So much fun. I love the deep dive. When the game is just starting to get a little stale, it felt like it refreshed itself for me. So fucking bravo, Ghost Ship Games. Yeah, for real. They... Keep putting out new content for this game. They keep adding new types of enemies, new biomes, new upgrades for your weapons, new weapons. They just added a seasonal reward system now where if you do missions, you unlock like new cosmetics and stuff. I feel like they're constantly adding new content to the game that keeps it fresh and interesting. Yeah, this this company, it started in 2016. It, they came out with this game in 2018. They've never had another game, and they have around 20 employees. That's insane for this game. The amount of content that they're pushing out. How many uh, How many copies sold? I think currently it's over 3 million copies sold. That's wild. I, I guarantee you with this being on PlayStation Plus right now for free, it's just going to push it more. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I want to talk about music. This is one of the most impressive stories. The music in Deep Rock, you will not notice right away. But when you do, it will absolutely blow your melon. It is this amazing, driving, synth-wavy soundscape. It's just absolutely perfect for this game. And like in the way that like the great scores of all time are perfect for the thing that they accompany. 
let me start from the beginning. The guy that composes music, all one guy. Um, his name is Sophus Alf Eirbeck Larsen, Danish guy, Danish company. The reason he got this gig is because his his uncle is one of the developers, and he was just like, "Welp, I like music. Let me see if I can write something and get it in this game that my uncle's working on," which is just incredible to me. This guy was like, yeah, I study music. I play instruments. Like, I'm going to write some songs, see if my uncle likes them. So therefore, Deep Rock Galactic, his first, and as far as I could tell from the little information I could find about him online, his only game that he's ever done music for. And he composed these, like, if you look at the track links, they're like eight, nine, ten minutes long. And I guess that was a really intentional choice. They wanted something that was soundscapey and not necessarily something to be listened to specifically. So it's supposed to be really loopable and really long so that they can like cut it in with sound triggers when like enemy encounters start happening. There's a specific soundtrack that starts playing and it just loops forever until that encounter is over. Well, and the the music cues in this game are great. When you're having a big fight and the only cue that you know that they stop coming is the music kind of goes back to calmness. But when it's going, it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, you get that kind of synth wavy, like, oh, shit. It's, like, pounding, and you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah, it, it really sets the tone, and it's really good at that. It's really suspenseful, and it's just incredible. Like, every track in this game is just so good. What I think is interesting is that the way that it's done, I So I found an interview that guy who composed it, he said that there wasn't supposed to be, like, specific title music or specific, like loading music or specific anything like the game just sort of randomly just generates whatever song is going to be playing so like on the loading screen when you pick a mission and you're loading into that thing doesn't play the same song every time it doesn't play the same song in each location every time it does play the same battle music every time i will say that but again that's because that track is 10 minutes long because the audio cues team a swarm is incoming and then it starts playing also it's fucking slaps you don't need to change it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's just really good. It's just really good music. It is electronica that is just really damn good to listen to. Um, I highly recommend it. It's all over Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. My favorite track is called Attack of the Glyphids. That's the battle theme. The first 30 seconds of that are just unreal. The way it just builds and builds and builds. And then this like bass comes in and just kicks. And like, I was having like a visceral reaction to listening to it. I was like, cause I didn't know the names of any of the tracks in game. And I was just like clicking through listening to the first 10 seconds. And I was like, oh my God, I'm being attacked by Glyphids right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, Sophus Alf Eirbeck Larsen, some Danish dude in his mid twenties wanted to make video game music and bravo to you, sir. Bravo. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've kind of hit all the major points. I was going to say, we could just jump in and kind of comparing co-op games. This is obviously a four-player co-op game. It is a game that I think you is best played with three of your friends. You're going to have the most fun doing silly stuff and, you know, killing each other and uh, dancing and drinking beers and competing at the barrel game and everything else. But yeah, so it's got a feel to it that's kind of like Left 4 Dead you know, you're going through a level trying to accomplish something. It has a lot of features that are similar where you really have to work together. When your teammate goes down, you can revive them. There are certain types of enemies that will like grab you and completely incapacitate you and you need a teammate to help you. Those elements are really, really fun. I love the idea of making you like have to stay together and work together. If you all just go off and do your thing, you will just 
get sucked up by a cave leech and murdered all alone in the dark with no one to help you. Uh, so I like that it encourages that cooperation that way. Uh, I think the gameplay is way more varied than something like Left 4 Dead or Diablo, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I, w- I would feel it's very much like those games, but with the addition of Left 4 Dead didn't feel like you were progressing too much as a individual. And this no, game really does. Like as you as you play more in this game, you are getting very strong and you have more options. They sort of struck the perfect balance between individual progression and cooperative game. You do feel like you are contributing as an individual and not due to first-person shooter capabilities. Like in Left 4 Dead, you're not just helping because, like, you can land more headshots than your friends. You are helping because you're the only person who can do your specific thing. Exactly right. Like, even if you're not very good at shooter games, the fact that you're the engineer and you can set up a sentry turret to help us defend a certain area, and the fact that you can put a platform under... Uh, an ore vein you're useful like you are helping the team and you can all work together and that feels great yeah i i I feel like as much as hate i give for the progression of this game like everyone still feels pretty essential like you're you don't you don't actually feel worthless at level one like i never i felt like i was always doing something even at level one the driller still drills better than every other character exactly exactly yeah they kind of have a perfect balance whereas like borderlands is great but if you get shit where it's like the loot you kind of get screwed on if you aren't the first one if you're not the quickest fingers you you get screwed and it's like well i'm the one who finished it why isn't that my loot so i like that that's not in this game <laughs> because it, it it does give you the competitiveness of like who does the most damage and who can kill him quicker who's like working the best and strategically but yet you're not worried about an after a reward or something you're ju- you're just doing it for fun and it's just bragging rights none of that stuff matters for a progression sense right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. as far as pure co-op four player experiences go i think this is my favorite game right now it's got more depth to it than than left for dead and it's just it's made with love everything about it is designed for you to have fun with and for you to yeah. just play and enjoy with your friends. And I I give this a thumb up. I think this is a great game. I think if you are looking for a co-op experience, it is hard to do better than this game. I believe it's $40 sticker price. I think it's worth that. I'm sorry, it is $30 sticker price. Oh, oh, what sorry. a deal. I mean, $30, $30, I think it's worth with or without friends. It's a great game. Uh, it is currently free on PlayStation until the end of January. 100% pick up that game. Just pick it up, play it for a little bit. If you don't like it, it's not for you. You can't be free. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Austin. I think co-op games, I would say it's probably one of my best four-player co-op games. The overall, it's just a blast. It's just with how much fun they have into it. Like you said, it's just made with love. They enjoyed making the game and they enjoy supporting it and continuing to develop it and growing the game. I'm definitely a thumbs up on this one. I mean, honestly, just thinking about how much time we have fun, not playing the actual game, just outside the game, drinking beers and like jumping around shooting barrels. 
just that alone. I think it's one of the the funnest co op stupid games. Getting hammered and you end up in the you end up in the uh, recovery because you got too drunk and your guy passes out. Yeah, we were talking about recently trying to do a speed run of getting as drunk as you can possibly get and trying to get complete a speed a mission before you sober up. <laughs> we are going to do that soon. Keep keep an eye on our Twitch channels. We are going to do a four player drunk speed run of one of the missions. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> we might even drink ourselves. Who knows? I was go- I was just going to say that. I was just, should we do Should we do a beer for every beer All they the drink? That they drink? Yeah. The four of us just rip five shots and then just try to play DRG <laughs> while our characters are also drunk and the screens all watching. Yes. Uh, try to f- speed run speed run a mission before the characters sober up and before I throw up. That's uh... <laughs> Love it. Oh, love that's going to be a great time. Uh, Chris, you got final thoughts? Uh, it's the best four-player game. It just is. As much as I love Overcooked, Overcooked doesn't have the individuality that this does for me. It's it's the best four-player game, and everybody should go buy it. It's a thumbs up from me. It's a buy it, basically, any price point. I mean, even if they price this at AAA, I, I mean, if you've got four people that you're going to play it with consistently, it's worth it. Agreed, 100%. So basically, it's already a 50% discount. I mean, you'd be a <laughs> fool not to buy it. <laughs> and if you have a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation Network, it's a 100% discount. It's free. Download yeah. it. Get it. Get it now. Get it while it's free. All right. That's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. That was our review of Deep Rock Galactic. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on every social media platform. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to know when our new episodes are going to be dropping and check us out on Twitch to see what we're going to be playing and talking about. All those links and a link to our Discord will be in the show notes for this episode. Come and find us on Discord. Hang out. We're cool people. All right. Peace. Keep dibbling those babs. Bye. (laughs) That's it. That's the copy. behind the Princess Peach painting.